And welcome to our discussion of chapter 11 of Double Date by Rosamond Dujardin, chapter 11, The Soleil Ride. Ooh. So what'd you think? What'd you think of this chapter? Oh, you know, there's another book that we, that you had in the house when I was a kid that has like a similar sleigh ride uh, called, or a similar like Christmas Carol experience called in the book is called cross my heart Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like this one sort of talks about it but the Mm -hmm. other one has like so many more details about like the moments within the sleigh ride and like you know this is like the this is like what i want you know i want this like these like like what does it mean the like tension you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but then it kind of like ends up being mostly the chapter is about pam's suspicions of this boy for her mom, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I could have used more sleigh ride time. More sleigh ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more. so cute. It's cute. cute. Sleigh rides were great. Did you ever, did you ever go on, did your high school ever have sleigh rides or anything like that or, or square dances? I've never done a sleigh ride. No, I've never done a sleigh ride. I wonder if I could. I wonder if like Big Bear or Mammoth has like a sleigh ride uh, option somewhere. Cause of course I live in Southern California. So mm. those are our snow, our snow locations. That'd be kind of fun. I might, I might look into that for next year, honestly. Um, but no, I never did that. I think I did like some hay rides. I think you mentioned hay rides last right. week at some point. And I, I have done that, but it wasn't, it wasn't like cute. It wasn't like a meet cute. It wasn't like to bond with boys. It was just sort mm. of like you're at a pumpkin patch and everybody piles in and then it goes around the pumpkin patch. Then you get uh, I see, I see. Yeah, and this is a sleigh. I mean, I, I it's a sleigh ride, but I kind of doubt it was actually a sleigh, you know, it was probably yeah. a, a hay, more of a hay, you know, cause like it would have to be like a lot of snow and they'd have to be out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. if you're in the Chicago suburbs. So we went on a hay ride. I remember hay ride. It was like a big wagon and there was a barn and mm-hmm. the barn afterward, there was square dancing. Right. I'd seem to recall and, you know, and, and cider and, and stuff like that. Um, that we did for that fundraiser for Thespian Club. Laura Matthews, president of Thespian Club, made this happen the, the first and only time I think it ever happened. <laughs> I don't think anybody else did it again. <laughs> but I really wanted to do one in the fall there, and we did one. And um, yeah, and it was mostly just kind of, it was hay ride in the sense that, so it wasn't even a hay ride in the sense that you were on a bale of hay. It was more like you were in a wagon or like a thing, and there was hay scattered about. And you yes. were- in a rural farmy sort of area, um, which I got see. us all out of town. Yeah. And there was horses. I mean, there was horses. So that was kind of the big deal that you were being pulled around by horses. Mm-hmm. So I have to assume there were, ho- yeah, there were horses in this one they're talking about, but yeah, this is like, if they're all kind of crammed into this tight space, that's why they have to sit so close to each other. And the boys are all putting their arms around because it's just so crowded. Basically you put your arms around the back of the, you know, the, the wherever you're sitting against, like the back of the seats. So yeah. you have room. Yeah. But yeah, this is adorable. And leaning against him as they rounded a corner. I mean, how fast can you round a corner in a sleigh? I don't know. You right. Know? Right. I, I know. And you, what, what phrase did you have for that? You were like, do you ever have this? And I was like, I've never heard of this. <laughs> You've before. never heard of that opportunity corner. We always, <laughs> no, that's it. Cause we used to be, okay. Cause here's the thing. When I was, when I was growing up and probably mom too, or whatever they did, we had the cars had what was known as bench seats. Right now we have what's known as bucket mm-hmm. seats because bucket seats are, are better. They're more comfortable for the individual and they're safer, you know, for a lot of reasons. Right. So you've mm-hmm. got to see you're sitting in like a little bucket. Right. But these were bench seats. It was just a, it was like sitting on a bench with a cushion. Right. And so 
you could cram like five, four people into the back seat, you know, like, cause there was no defined seats and there was no like a thing in the middle. So if, the, if you're rounding a corner, like if someone's driving a corner, if you're sitting next to a guy who likes you and you have to lean into him, they're like, Oh, opportunity corner, you know, like they put their arms around you or whatever. Like, you know, it was like, a, yeah. Yeah. If you can imagine the physics of the thing. Yes. It was all very, my, my equivalent of that in a car was when, you know, as like, as rambunctious kids, you have one too many people for the car. So Mm. then you try to make it work out so that as like a tiny human, because I'm, I'm a Mm -hmm. a tiny, I'm a tinier human, Mm. you know, I, I get to pick who I end up like sitting on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just like pick the guy you think is cute, you know, or the person Ah. you think is cute, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the closest I ever got is in, in the theater universe for me, it was like, Every now and then somebody would, and then it would be like, okay, but keep your head down, you know, like don't let, see you. <laughs> don't let the cut. Cause it's like illegal. Now back in my day, yeah. it was not illegal. I mean, the things we did in those cars driving around, you know, Tony, Tony Tanglos. I don't know if I should say his actual name. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. We, he took the wrong exit on a, you know, we were on the freeway or the highway in Chicago and he took the wrong exit and he realized it was wrong, like halfway up the exit and he reversed back oh, onto no. the highway. Oh no. <laughs> we're all screaming. What are you doing? But it was late enough at night. I, you know, there was, I guess traffic wasn't that bad. It was late at night. It was like 10. Um, but yeah, there were some, there were some, that's the wild kind of shenanigans we got into. I'm telling you, you know, it is wild. That's like, going against traffic like those mm. salmon going up mm-hmm. river you know <laughs> well and i guess i well in this environment here that we're talking about it seems like you know you know bob purcell and mike you know don't have cars you know it seems yeah. like they walk everywhere and you know that the, the, oh, they took really... her home they took her home he mike took well, her he home. walked her home he walked her home probably oh you know, like he walked, they walked home from the movie theater you know so she walks and we school. don't even get to we don't even get to that conversation like i want to hear what that conversation was i know was it at all mooney and was he at all like you know oh and this is that interesting moment that we both said we need to talk about that that moment where we slipped into mike's pov and it might seriously be the only time in the book that that happens where the narration actually changes pov from penny to somebody else mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's in the re- so i wanted to talk about it for a slightly different reason than the mm-hmm. pov mm-hmm. um which like we can talk about this first or that first, Um, but maybe I'll just tell you what it is. I just, I find it interesting. This, this section, her smile was so vivid and her eyes so bright that Mike Bradley looking down in her face as the dance world, then momentarily together was startled by her complete resemblance to Pam. And the thing is that like, basically what this is suggesting is that the thing that Pam currently has that Penny is struggling with is some semblance of like self-satisfied joy, Mm. you know, like, because earlier Penny is saying, Penny is trying to analyze her pleasure. I know the analyze the pleasure. (laughs) I know that was great. And realizes that she wasn't worrying about her popularity the way she used to. So you get the idea that like, she's kind of like distracted. She's not in the moment. She's sort of like, she's anxious usually. Yeah. Yeah. Typically when she's hanging out with people, she's, she's reviewing everything that's happening instead of like full embodying being in the moment. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of benefits to being able to do that, you know, like being able to like 
detach from the moment and consider like the overarching like meaning of everything is great. But Mm -hmm. it seems that like, at least from Mike's perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, Pam tends to be like, give off an air of being like much more in the moment and, and Mm -hmm. genuinely happy, like enjoying herself. And that seems Mm -hmm. to be the energy that Brad's in, I mean, Brad, Bradley, Mike, Mm -hmm. Bradley, Mike, Bradley, (laughs) yes, Brad, Mike Lee. And it's a boy's name too. That's Everyone gets that reference, Mulan. right? Mulan, slipping yes. in the Mulan reference. Mulan <laughs> reference. <laughs> I was, I just, I'm hearing you read this. I just thought the word vivacious. Seems like Pam oh. is vivacious. You know, like she's the, she's the, you know, the, this, what do you call it? The life of the party. You know, she's like bubbly and everyone wants to see what she's doing and get her attention and everything like that. And for that moment for Penny to be also vivacious, like for a change. Yeah, you know, because she's at ease. Yeah, because she actually is not so filled with anxiety like she usually is in all these other environments. You know, um, that mm-hmm. she's you know she's surrounded by friends. She's, she's surrounded by you know that's isn't that like the introvert thing too though? Is that if you're with people you know you're cool. It's like being out you know and having to interact with small talking strangers all the time. You know. Um, yeah. I've been talking about that lately with my friends a lot that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never identified as an introvert, Mm -hmm. but sometimes people uh, accuse me of being an introvert Mm -hmm. as if somehow that could be an accusation. It's just that in general, I, I can, it's possible for me to be quite drained with people that I don't relate to. I think Mm -hmm. everybody sort of feels that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I lately have been talking about how I've been trying to learn how to like ride the surface, like as if you're surfing a wave as opposed to Mm -hmm. like diving deep in the wave Mm -hmm. with people, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're, it's sort of, for me, it's been a practice of like, not thinking about it too much and just letting somebody else lead me around, you know, like Mm -hmm. wherever they would like to go with the conversation or whatever, like little details they seem interested in, in the extra, in the environment. I just mm-hmm. like join them there and look at it with them, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, lovely. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. It's nice. Cause I mean, it's like playing ping pong instead of, you know, tennis, you know, where yeah. you're just, let's just, let's just pong this around a little bit, but you know, blink, blink, yeah. Blink. yeah. I get the feeling that it, it comes across as a uh, approval, like a, like as if everything mm. like reassurance to see somebody mm-hmm. like Pam just being so in the moment kind of gives like people around her this idea that everything's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like you're able to relax in the moment when you feel safe and when things are going well. Right. And mm-hmm. then that kind of gets past that feeling gets passed around. If you're like able to release and enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as Penny is starting to feel more safe and starting to choose activities that she genuinely enjoys. It's like the same feeling and attitude are coming out of her, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And there's a feeling that, that if someone's, if you're, if you're in a group of people and you're kind of even on the periphery and the leader, which you could say, I say, I could say Pam probably has leadership qualities that are being, mm-hmm. you know, squished into her feminine role, you know, but she's got leadership qualities and the leader is having a good time. And if the leader is smiling, if the leader is accepting of everyone there, then now you feel like you belong to something fun, you know? Yeah. And because you're, because you're there, you know, yeah. and you're not being, you know, uh, snubbed or whatever. And yeah. 
um, that, you know, whereas Pam, whereas Penny, excuse me, is coming in with to those very environments with some anxiety herself. So she's not necessarily looking to Pam to make her feel good. She's just like, I'm trying to measure up. I'm trying to measure up, you know, and um, she's just been uncomfortable too. like mm. some of like just maturity can be finding out that it's not actually that you disapprove or that, you know, you like you're trying to measure up. It's just that like your body is not as comfortable in the mm. country club as Pam's mm. is right. Like she's very comfortable. Penny is very comfortable at the, um, at the, at the dance and on, right, the, the, sleigh ride. on mm-hmm. the sleigh ride. Right. Like, right, right, and Pam right. just says right off the bat, like, eh, I don't really enjoy that very much. And then she moves on to what she enjoys. Right. Like <laughs> exactly. So Pam, Pam just has that skill already. She's got that self-knowledge about like what her actual body enjoys doing, you know? Mm. Huh. So, then, so then she sets herself up naturally to be approving wherever she is because she's not in places that annoy her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She even, she's not even there. She's not even, yeah. her little brow isn't even frowning a little bit. She's got a yes. perfectly smooth, happy brow. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And all her just little, I mean, it's just as funny of this, uh, this romance, you know, <laughs> I mean, being, being stressed out, were you ever, I mean, I don't know if this ever stressed you out. I didn't date that much when you were young, but like, did it stress you out when I did? Did you wonder about, oh, I might be stuck with some stepfather. It's like, I'm totally switching subjects. Oh, no, I, I don't actually remember it very well. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think I, 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 there's a, I don't, I don't remember it well enough to determine if I was stressed or not. I like, mm-hmm. I just, I think I, I think in retrospect, I'm, I'm genuinely kind of surprised that so many years went by where you didn't date Mm -hmm. because like, now that I'm like passing through some of these same ages that you Mm -hmm. were, Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) like, how (laughs) did you do that? (laughs) Like, I can't. I am very personally quite frustrated mm. in my non-romantic satisfaction life right now, which like is going fine. Like I'm working it out. It's, mm. it's okay. But I am driven by my like wish to be romantically satisfied. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I, I am genuinely like surprised looking back on that, but I don't, I don't, I don't know that I experienced like anxiety in that other way. You know, cause like, cause there was, I mean, when you were super young, I had, I made some attempts to get you a stepdad. And then years later, once we were in Framingham and I was working, you know, at the website and there was one guy I dated for a little bit, which didn't work out. Um, but then, yeah, I pretty much, I just, uh, I just didn't have time for it or something. It just wasn't something I was emphasizing. I also was really, I, I look back at photos of myself too, through that whole period. I was just kind of I, I think I came across as somewhat strange, yeah. you know, the way I dressed and the way I did not do my hair and I didn't really wear makeup. And I was like, you know, not, I mean, I, 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 I was just so focused on the work I was doing. I actually didn't care much about any of the external ex- appearances things, you know? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I really, I look back on really some of those photos now. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they put me in a management position at all. <laughs> I looked like I'm a complete mess, you know? Um, and I realized too, I was like, I was super frustrated that I wasn't getting, you know, higher level jobs or higher levels, big things. And I, I realized it might've been a lot of the way I was presenting myself 
you know, because mm-hmm. I just didn't care. I didn't care what clothes I threw on in the morning and I didn't care what my hair looked like. And I didn't care, you know, it just, I just didn't care. And, yeah. you know, um, I, the things I did care about, I gave everything I had to though, you know, but those things weren't particularly like going to get me dates. <laughs> you know? like, so, you know, yeah, I'm whole- not going to lie. Like that, that is not what the, what most women's upbringing is right Mm. like for me having your priorities be that Mm -hmm. definitely has left a bit of a mark Mm. um so that part's it has been a little difficult like Mm -hmm. like honestly it comes down to just the hours spent a lot of people spend a lot of hours on their appearance you know and like i don't know how to do that without frustration because the mm. skill gap is really high for me. <laughs> like I'm just like trying to get makeup on my face is so annoying. Like it's just like I don't understand. And like oh my god, we should have so we should many... spend more time with Aunt Kathy. And Kathy could. <laughs> well, it does. Like it's just it's it's the same feeling I have in when I was in school and trying to learn how to paint, and when I was mm. in like like thinking about like what kind of an artist I was going to be because I knew I wanted to be an artist, but mm-hmm. I don't, I do not enjoy drawing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just so tedious. My brain is just like, Oh my God, what have I done? It just took me hours, you know, mm-hmm. and like other people are not like that. I see people fall into the zone and they just enjoy like the medium itself and exploring the sculpting with the charcoal mm-hmm. and the marks. And I see women like, drop into painting their face and like getting the benefits of having a face that they're proud of and people mm-hmm. responding to it the way they want. And my like impatience, like mm-hmm. really puts a cap on my, my willingness to like get over the hump of skill level that it takes <laughs> to like paint Darling my face up. effectively. Well, that's so funny. Um, cause I, cause I'm wondering, I'm thinking about your grandma, my mom, and she mm-hmm. would, you know, I don't know if you remember their house, you know, that downstairs and they had that little weird bathroom by the stairs. And mm-hmm. it was this little tiny room with no, no circulation. There was no vent in it or anything like that. It had a fan and mom okay. would go in. That was her makeup room. It was really tiny. It was like maybe four feet square floor, floor plan. And it had a, you know, a commode and it had a, no a vanity, window? And it had no window, you know, oh it had a God. fan. You went, the fan was really loud, you know? Um, and she would go in there with her hairspray. That's where she did all of her stuff, you know, oh, next to the it, kitchen, the plate. The, yes. The yes. Oh my God. What? Why? Yeah. That was her little, cause it was like, she had it all to herself and she'd go in there and wow. she'd, you know, flick on the fan, have the light on. And then she would, she would paint her face. I mean, she was literally, she said it was her art form, like yeah. how she put on her whole thing. And then how she did her hair with all that hairspray, just aquanet like all over your beard with her poofy you know that poofy hair that you know roughly how long it took even when she was like i mean she's she's been doing it for years right so she's skilled but do you know like how long her process took her it felt like she was in there for you know a half an hour at a stretch at least yeah you know with the fan going and the light and and whatever and she'd come out and she had that she was doing that anytime she was anytime she was leaving the house she would spend all that time putting herself together first you know, yeah. so Sunday morning she was in there for a super long time getting ready for church. And during the week, I guess I was usually at school or whatever, but I, I just, and it was like, she, 
come out and you'd go in to use the washroom and it was like you're choking on these fumes you know i mean it was like poisonous yeah. stuff um oh and she, oh, this, you know, there's a fan there's a fan in there you said no there ventilation was but the fan was going the fan was going i you know i don't i don't know but it was, it was like her zone i think she could go in there and kind of get away from all of us you know like if she needed a minute you know yeah and yeah you know i i and she was really, she was proud of that. And that was one of the problems when she, when she became, you know, her final illness, when she was bedridden and, and she couldn't really do her hair or her face or anything like that. So she didn't want her friends to come over. That might've been part of it. I, I, you know, I, I still can't quite figure out why she didn't want anyone to come see her. And it, part of it might've been that she could not, she couldn't color her hair anymore, you know? Yeah. So it was her. Actually, no, you know, no was like that. Every hmm. time we talk about no your, your grandfather, yeah, it yeah. just reminds me of like, yeah, my my dad's dad. There's something about like their value systems that seem so aligned. Like they're like they're like long mm -hmm. suffering uh, pride, you know. <laughs> like, I get, yeah, I guess it's like they just want to be seen a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, and they think that they're being seen that way because of how they've crafted something, some external thing. And, yeah. you know, you know, I think about that though. I think about myself, like, okay, if I, you know, like I'm with a person now who really does not seem to care one way or the other, if I'm wearing makeup or my hair could be a mess and he still thinks I'm adorable and like, whatever, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like this is the first time. And, and, and likewise with him, I don't really care like what he's, you know, what's going on with him, how he looks like his, because mm -hmm. his, his energy and his spirit is, is, is what it is, you know? Yeah, but you and, both look great. I feel like, oh, like, well, thank you. since, and also, like, since you've found each other, you guys have just, like, you just look better and better, you know? Maybe huh. that's the, maybe that's the sparkle that, that Mike is reacting to in Penny, you know? Just, oh, like, the yeah. joy of being, yeah. like, happy. Humans. Well, being able to just relax and just feeling like myself, you know? Like, I'm not coloring, mm -hmm. I mean, I, back in those days when I was a mess, you know, like, at the, at the website I was working at, my hair was, like, I would perm it, you know, and I would, you know, and I would color it or not or whatever. I would like do like one shot things that would like wreck it for months, you know, <laughs> it was mm -hmm. like, you know, whereas now it's like, okay, my hair is like, it's all gray, but it's, and it's short and it's just low maintenance. It's still all low maintenance. I still don't wear a lot of makeup or anything like that, but I figured out the two or three things I need to do to feel confident when I leave the house and that's it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, super simplistic and, and I, you know, it's interesting because I think you're right. I think there's there is a whole ritual, and I'm not downgrading the ritual. I have close friends who, you know, you know, I have one friend who has very different hair frequently, and it's because she chooses to wear different wigs, you know, and mm -hmm. and she'll you know get on um, you know Instagram with her new wig, and and it looks fabulous, you know, and she'll have like you know like she'll wear blue lipstick to match blue fingernails, and you know she she loves it. She's it's a it's a mm -hmm. form of self expression for her. You know, so I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, wow, I don't, I don't spend any time on that at all. Me, you know, my biggest thing now is I buy, I'll buy a cool pair of shoes, you know, sneakers, like I'm collecting sneakers because I live in Oregon and about the only way to dress up is sneakers and, and earrings. That's it. You know, so maybe I found my people. You know? Yeah. I, when I moved from New York to LA, one of the things I was looking forward to, and I am feeling the effects like LA is a very uh like New York was all fashion and intellectualism right mm -hmm. um 
and I know that there are a lot of other status things that people respond to, but in general, I was there for schooling. Like I wanted to get really good design sense. Like I wanted to like be in a deeply competitive space for design. So I could make sure that I was the most exposed to like the latest thinking in design. And then that is, that is evident in the, the fashion choices. Like people are always pushing the boundaries in their fashion. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then I was also really into theater. So like self-expression, like very authentic self-expression, that kind of thing. Um, but super intellectual, right? So like, in, and also just kind of cold and everyone's bundled up a lot. So like mm. in general, fitness was not mm-hmm. like, is not like a high priority of the culture, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you come out to LA and it's all like, it's a whole bunch of people who want to be on camera, which mm. like, which flattens your face into 2D space. So you, you lose the benefit of, of that contour. So that's what makes the camera quote unquote, add 10 pounds. And everybody's like, it's an, it's an outdoor uh, community, right? Cause the, it's so nice all the time. So everyone's outside, very fitness focused, very active. And it's just a totally different, like relationship to your body, you know, cause mm-hmm. your body isn't going into hibernation once a year. For six <laughs> months time, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what I was looking forward to was finding out like how I would find my own in this culture. And like, I'm getting there. Like, I honestly feel like I'm getting to the point where I feel confident in my self-expression within the parameters of here. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has been like a little tough because a lot of the people who come out here are like from the Midwest, they are already used to feeling like the bell of the ball at their, wherever Mm. they're from. They're much younger than me. They're Mm. like, they have lots of energy, you know, and they have like all of these skills around aesthetics Mm. (laughs) that like, hit the current trends, right? Like in New York, it was like most of the aesthetics were about pushing the boundaries on the latest design thinking, but here it's just do what is trending the best, you know, Mm -hmm. like just do it well. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. much less, I mean, like, again, this is my take on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's all kinds of people everywhere, but what I've noticed like overall is that like the baseline is be able to do what's trending in order to step out of your house. <laughs> and mm. I like, don't have that skill set. you know, like I'm not up to date on it. I don't know how to do it. You know, it's just kind of like, I've yeah. just had to slowly add like little bits of new self-maintenance, you know, mm. just kind of like, just be myself, but n- not take it too personally <laughs> when mm-hmm. I'm like, vastly under-decorated. <laughs> well, I, you know, I would, I would say that, yeah, that's LA and LA's like that, but I, that's where I met, I met John down there and he's LA yeah. born and bred and he thought mm-hmm. I was attractive, you know? And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I was coming off of my, you know, by time I had lost the most weight or whatever, you know? And so I was kind of, you know, but so there's a cuteness, I guess, I don't know, but you felt good in your own body. And I was just, and I was just really discriminating about what I was going to deal, you know, what I was going to accept in my life. You know, I was really discriminating myself. Yeah. Like, and the, cause, and cause the, the several guys I had been to, cause I didn't start, you know, just for clarity for people, anyone who's listening to this. Um, once my kids were out of the house and I moved back to Los Angeles, that's when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to actually start dating again. And I started to put myself out there in kind of a more real way. And I don't think mm-hmm. I was particularly any better at putting myself together. Although maybe I had 
you know, I had a decent haircut. For me, the haircut is super important, like as far mm-hmm. as like how I look good. And wearing my hair long was never a good idea. I, I never should have had long hair. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my conclusion after 60 years. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, so, you know, progressively, you know, dating people and learning that I finally had a boundary was like, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm actually going to break up with this person. I'm not going to try to drag it out forever until they break up with me, which is what I used to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to say, this is, you know, this is over, this is over, this is over, this is over. There were three, this is overs, right. Did I just do three mm-hmm. or four anyway. And then John was four and it never was over, you know, it never stopped, you know, it didn't it just kept going. And, Aww. you know, I know it's kind of cool. You're just lovely. Yeah. It's a mystery though. Like how all that, uh, um, happens and then you shape. And then once you're in the thing with the person, you, you, you know, I mean, I, I feel, I mean, I feel very much like I'm still myself, but I also know there's a lot of ways that I've changed sort of externally as far as my patience level and like, you know, what, what, um, things that are no longer deal breakers, you know, that would have irritated me before now don't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I do like, I, I do, I do like that you can, we actually had a conversation about this at work recently, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the sense of self and identity versus environment. And like, mm-hmm. is it, do you have to like be yourself no matter what and not, but, but I, I do really think that like the, the most wonderful thing about environments and contexts and, and people you bring into your life is choosing to allow them to affect my sense of self. Like, I really mm. like that. I like when people that I've brought into my life bring out something in me I've never seen of me. Ah, yeah, you know? yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's so nice. I don't know if I would ever have been conscious of that before, but I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's always happened, but I don't know. Like, like from, you know, the, that understanding and treating chronic shame book, uh, I learned from it that the building of the sense of self is always in relation to others. So Hmm. actually every time you have a relationship and every bit of self that you've identified is relative to another or something Hmm. else, you know, I am not a chair. (laughs) <laughs> like huh. that kind of thing therefore huh. i am me you know yeah because you because how would you know what you were if you weren't comparing it to something else yeah right? and and similarly like when others use you as reference for them it it lets you know that you exist you know that you are important that you have been hmm. somebody else's other and therefore you are here and hmm. you know had impact i've had an impact yeah golly it's cool. We're interconnected in a way that like, we're just starting to have language for, I think, hmm. which is neat. And like yes. Pam and Penny are so fun to talk about relative to each other. You know, mm-hmm. They are, they are like kind of a lovely, like back and forth on like, which is which and in what context are do do each of them act like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And do we, do we like them both? Do we like Pam? Yeah. Do you not? I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be her friend. I don't know if I feel like she's trustworthy, you know? I would totally be her friend just to like see what things she would bring out of me. (laughs) Mm. 
<laughs> just to like see it. she seems i mean she seems well intentioned to her mm-hmm. her concept of what she's not mean like. she's not mean no yeah she might be she might miss some of the details that i think are important personally mm-hmm. but all that does is tell me that i think some nuances is more important than pam does you know hmm. yeah that's the big for me the question mark at the end of this book you know as we're headed toward penny you know finding her way is like you know the next book if we do the next book is uh what about pam you know like when does she kind of grow up you know because like i think she's got she she's got some maturing to do i think you know like i mean i don't think you can just have values where all you care about is a guy's shoulders in his car you know i mean eventually don't you have to go a little deeper don't you maybe i think that like calling it have to Hmm. And like, I mean, some people can't, like some people do make it through their whole life like that. And that's, that's, some that's gotta be valid. You know, the fact that it's happening means it's valid, you know, inclusion. Hmm. Um, it's definitely not like me hmm. <laughs> again, I am not that, but, uh, but I can't say that there's anything wrong with it. Oh my gosh. Hmm. My yeah. I mean, if she's happy. Hmm. Yeah. If she's happy. I mean, and then again, too, like, how do you define happy? How does Pam define happy? What does she know of happy? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to tell, does she even want to know about other facets of happiness? I suppose like the real question is, is she, is she somebody you can hang out with and stay regulated? You know, mm-hmm. like, is she, and it seems like, yes, it seems like at least in the high school, situation she hangs out with a lot of people who she is regulating for because she's she hangs out with people who appreciate her worldview right mm-hmm. so, right she's not stressing people out really maybe penny a little bit but yeah it's not like well cause, yeah cause you you mentioned uh, that other book cross my heart which i feel like um, also deals with this you know high school in this time period but it goes into a lot more a lot more nuance and a lot more, um, uh, you know, three-dimensional interactions um, than this mm-hmm. one. Um, also a fascinating, fascinating book. So that one, I mean, I, I should read that one again too, because that one to me is, I don't know, super satisfying. It's disappointing. It's got a lot of heartbreak in it. It's got the mean girls yeah. being actually mean, you know, yeah. it's got um, just, you know, the, just so many things going on in that book. Golly yeah there's telling yeah this is like this book that we're reading is like cross my heart light yeah yeah pretty much and it's and idealized and probably for a younger audience you know i mean i don't know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. okay well well cool okay so we're we're set up now for oh the next one the peas penny plans a party so penny is gonna plan a party you know this is interesting too is that this is just this is the fall. So they just, they just hit Christmas. Mm-hmm. And now the next thing is going to be about New Year's Eve. So we're, we're, we're tromping through the year here. Mm-hmm. I see. I see the school year, the school year. Yes. Yes. Probably. Probably. New Year's Eve. What a fraught subject. <laughs> That'll <Totally>. be fun. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> is it fraught? Like is it a- New Year's Eve fraught for you? It's fraught for me more next time. <laughs> yes. 
We're going to have to find out. We're going to have to tune in next time for me to find out why it's fraught for you. (laughs) So fraught. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.